Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is episode five. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Holy freaking crap, guys. Today's episode is awesome. We interview a gentleman by the name of Diego Corzo. He has become successful in real estate investing by house hacking. He's also a real estate agent here in Austin, Texas. He's a business owner, and more importantly, he's an overcomer. He's been through so many struggles in his life and overcome every obstacle that was put in his way. He seems like he's just getting started, and this is an episode that will motivate you, inspire you, and honestly, now I look in the mirror, and there's absolutely no excuse that I can give myself. Um, So buckle up. This is going to be a good episode. Stick around till the end. Good morning, everybody. Um, Good morning, Matt. Morning. Good morning, Diego. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you for for being on with us. We appreciate you um, coming out. Um, So, Diego, um, I kind of want the listeners to get um, a brief story about who you are, um, and, uh, I guess how you, how you came to be where you're at right now, um, in the real estate industry and uh, on your journey to financial freedom. So if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'm all real estate team as a realtor. Uh, last year, my team sold, uh, around 65 homes with a business partner and, and I also own nine rental properties and, uh, my, my, Monthly income from my rental pro- properties is pretty close to my living expenses. And even though that may sound great, I um, 18 years ago, my life wasn't all that great. I came when I was nine years old from Lima, Peru. I moved to Florida with my family. And, um, and unfortunately, we, my, my family decided to overstay their visa. So now, fast forward a few years later, I am now called a dreamer. So with everything that's been going on in the news, um, it's been it's been a topic for the past couple of years on Congress, uh, with the House of Representatives, with the Senate, and it's been a crazy wild ride. But for me, it didn't hit me that I was undocumented until I turned 16 years old, wow. uh, when all my friends were getting their driver's license, and it was my turn, and I couldn't get it. I went to the DMV, and they said that I was missing a document which was some document to say that I'm, that I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. From there, uh, even though that... W- and at that point, that's when I knew that I was going to be facing some obstacles as a teenager here in the United States, but I decided to just go all into my studies and to focus on that, and I was able to graduate third in my class in high school. That allowed me to get into Florida State University, and as I was applying for student loans... I also found out that because I don't have my green card or I'm not a citizen, that I also couldn't qualify for them. And even though I got a lot of scholarships, if, even though I won them, they also had to take the money back because academically, I was one of the best ones for qualifying, but I needed to show that I was a citizen. Okay. So I may have won like $10,000, $20,000, but they said, Diego, we cannot give you this money until you show us this document. And I told them I don't have it. So they took that back. Wow. 
So I decided to go into college anyway. For the first semesters, I was figuring out what I needed to do. And I decided to volunteer first in doing websites for, uh, for nonprofits. And six months in, they tell me, Diego, you've done more work as a freshman than what some seniors do in a year, so we want to hire you. Wow. And then as I'm, I was like all excited. I'm telling my parents about it. And as I, I submit my application to go through the process, mm-hmm. they said, Diego, we're just missing your work authorization and you're good. So I, so I asked my parents and they tell me I don't have that document. So at 19 years old, 18 years old, I found myself not, not being able to drive, not being able to qualify for any student loans, and I also found that I couldn't work legally in the United States. Yikes. And that was an incredible, um, humbling experience in realizing that all my friends are doing all these things, like they have their college paid for right by student loans, and they can work if they want, they can drive and stuff like that, and I found myself in a position where I was more like stationary mm-hmm. and I didn't know what other things I could accomplish, but I knew that I just had to push with push through my goals because I really wanted to be that person that achieves the so-called American dream. Okay. And, uh, and yeah. So uh, that w- those were like my, from nine years old to 19 years old, uh, here in the States. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, so you end up going to college and you graduate from Florida? Yeah, so here's the thing. I found out that even though I couldn't work, I could still open up an LLC. Oh. So I I partner up with a friend of mine and that was my only way for me to be able to work. I created an LLC and my company got paid as a contractor for when I was doing work for nonprofits or for the small businesses. Okay. And that's how I was able to pay my way through college. Wow. But it was like, it was a decision back then that I was like, okay, I can either make excuses or live the life of my dreams. Mm-hmm. And there were times where, I, it's in Florida, right? So it's, it was in 2011 and I remember it was like super hot in the summer, but I had to, but I had set up an appointment with, with a restaurant, I believe it was, it was a small business. And I had to drive my bike. Mm -hmm. So I put on my gym clothes. I put on a suit in my backpack. And I drive like three or four miles on the road. And I get to there and I'm all sweaty. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I also had a towel there. So I park (laughs) my bike in the back of the building, dry off, put on my suit, and then walk through the front of the building like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Give them the pitch (laughs) of the website. They, they, they were like, we're in, we signed the, the document and stuff like that. And then I had to walk to the back, change in my gym clothes and drive back. Wow. Right. Uh, but that was how, how I was able to pay my way through college. And fortunately in 2012, I graduated in with two bachelor's degrees in three and a half years. Wow. So it's also like, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been good. But the best part about this is that midway through college, when I was 21, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. And that yeah. book was the one that changed my mindset on how I wanted to live my life in the future. So even though I had all these obstacles of not being able to work or drive or all of that stuff, I decided that I needed to focus more in building my wealth. Mm-hmm. Um as I got older and achieved the American dream, right? And that book taught me that there's two ways to make money. You can either make, you can either trade your time for money or you can make your money work for you. Mm-hmm. And I began to change the way that I live with my expenses 
and uh, I found a mentor. Uh, his name is Adam Carroll. That was my first mentor. And he said, Diego, you should build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. And from that moment on, um, all my actions have been building a bigger life rather than just getting the nicest car and getting the new iPhone every time one comes out and stuff like that, but being more purposeful with the people that I surround myself with, mm -hmm. the experiences that I have, and all of that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. So at this point, so are your parents still in the States when you're in college? Yes. Okay. Uh, my parents are still in the States right now. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, and so like, I mean... You formed an LLC so that you could start working. Um, you know, was there did the thought ever cross your mind during that time? Like, I can't work. You know, how am I going to pay for school? You know, I might as well just not go to college. Like, I might as well just you know give up and and figure something else out. Yeah, I mean, I had all the I had all the excuses like there that I could see, mm -hmm. but I saw the sacrifice that my parents did for me. And, uh, and just everything that they did, like they, they, we sold everything that we had in Peru to come to the States. My parents worked for probably for like years without a day off, just making very low income money in the beginning to now we own Peruvian restaurants in Florida. So it's been like a crazy ride yeah. of like entrepreneurship in that sense. But Everything that they did, the sacrifice, they had to learn a new language. And in the beginning, like, we drove a car that every morning we didn't know if it was going to start. Um, we, when we moved to the States, we were sleeping in a bunk bed, the four of us, in one small room. Um, to now, me owning now nine properties and my dad owns, I taught my dad a little bit about how to invest. Yeah. And now he owns 12 properties. Wow. So it's like, so it's cool to see all that. Um, and the interesting thing is that... That is my why, right? I, I think that as a, a lot of people, when they set up their goals, when they want to set up their what they want to achieve in life, um, they have to have a strong enough why to push them through the hard times. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had, right? right? I remember, like, my mom in Peru was in charge of, uh, of uh, small banks over there. And when she came here, she had to work at a gas station from 10 p.m. to 7 in the morning packing ice bags in the back so it's like a huge change yeah but they took that up but they that that's what they had to do so that my brother and i can have a better life mm -hmm. and uh and now it's now years later now we're seeing that reward yeah right and um and yeah, the best part was as i was graduating in 2012 uh obama passed the executive order called daca so mm -hmm. i'm so i'm a dreamer and a daca recipient what that meant was that for the first time, I could finally work and drive. And that got me the opportunity to get a job as a software developer here in Austin. And I worked for GM uh, for about two years. And okay. when I went to the interview, they saw that in my resume, there was a lot of more life skills mm -hmm. um, and actual like projects out there in the workforce than a lot of other than a lot of other students because they had just education. So they hired me and a few months and a few months later I was here in Austin uh, able to finally work and drive. It was a crazy experience too because my documents for DACA took usually takes like three to six months. Mine took nine. Wow. So I actually had to 
convince and work with one of the executives at General Motors to hire my company first. Mm. And when I moved here, I also didn't have, I couldn't drive yet. So I moved here with a bike. Like, I had a friend drop me off here. I bought a bike at Walmart, and that was my mode of transportation (laughs) for the first four months. Gosh, this is the greatest. And, and yeah, so that, that was in 2013. Yeah. And so... So yeah, I mean it's been it's been a crazy ride yeah. so far then since since then. Yeah. And but because I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I also began so when I moved to Austin in that period where I was trying to see trying to work with General Motors to see if they could hire my company, it was a period of 40 days where I don't know anybody in Austin. I'm living in the North Austin area, so there's it's really hard to like driving like to get anywhere with with just a bike yeah and um and yeah so i had to i had to ask my and because i wasn't working like that i had to ask my dad for money for 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 rent and for food for the first couple of months Mm. um and they they've been very supportive Mm -hmm. so i just told my dad hey i just need this to get started but once i get started it's all going up from 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 there right and during those 40 days i read I read a lot. So I read Think and Grow Rich. I read um, The Millionaire Next Door. I did the Financial Peace University online course with Dave Ramsey, but I also mixed it with Rich Dad Poor Dad. So it's been, so I just learned a lot about personal development. Mm -hmm. And that took me, that gave me the mindset. Mm -hmm. And I believe that first you have to, and that's what I knew that I wanted to be financially free. Yeah. In the future. So everything that I did from there was with that vision in mind. Right. And, um, not to interrupt. So like, I mean, you read all these books and I feel like, um, a lot of, uh, people these days, like will pick up a book like the millionaire next door and look for like the secret, like the key, like what's the one move that I need to make, um, to become rich. And it's going to be in this book. Um, and they, they, but you say that it was a mindset that changed, you know, um, that it, it just changed your um, the way you look at things. Um, and that was the value that you got out of it. It wasn't one sentence in the middle of the book that said, this is what you need to do to become rich. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that when reading these books or getting advice, like um, it might not be an obvious change or, you know, a one step uh, deal, but um, it changes your mindset and the way you look at certain things mm-hmm. um, in life. Would you yeah. agree? A hundred percent. And then the main thing is once your mindset has changed, people have to take action on that. Mm-hmm. Because like with a book, um, what's the book called? A Secret, mm-hmm. right? It talks about like you like the vibrations and stuff like that and you like internalizing what you want. Yeah. But you also have to take action on that. Right. You cannot just say, uh, oh, I'm going to lose weight. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. And all of a sudden you open your eyes and then boom, you lost weight. No, yeah. right? Uh, you have to... You, you you can say those affirmations, right? right yeah. But you also have to take action on that. Yeah. Because if not, it's not going to happen. So, um, and one of the things that I also like, like to say, like on my path to financial freedom in that sense, as I'm going through that, it wasn't just by me doing it by myself, right? Mm-hmm. I found mentors. I found a community. I found a tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was... When I was 23 years old, I wanted to buy a home. Okay. And I wanted to 
in reading about real estate, after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, I began to just read different books and I read about a strategy called house hacking, which is basically when you buy a home or a multifamily and you live in one unit or in the master bedroom and you rent out the other rooms. Right. So one of the reason why that's great is because you can buy a home with low money down. Yeah. Now, when that happens is that when, when, I, when I did that, that was my main goal, to start house hacking as soon as possible so that I can live for free, to reduce my expenses mm-hmm. so that later I can continue making my money work for me. Mm-hmm. Well, in the beginning, it didn't work out that way because I, um, because I couldn't qualify due to my DACA papers okay. and all of that stuff with, with immigration. But fast forward a year and a half later, I was finally able to start doing that. Okay. So when I was 24 years old, I bought my first home here in Austin to house hack. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to live for free. And also the rent payments were paying for my car payment. So since I've been 24 years old, I haven't had to have a mortgage payment for my pocket or a car payment for my pocket. Other wow. people have been paying for that. And because I didn't qualify for student loans, now it's a blessing in disguise. Back then it was hard because I had oh. to work my butt off to yeah. be able to pay for college on my own. Um, but now I see the rewards, yeah. right? Like now I don't, I don't have any student debt. I don't have any bad debt in right. that sense. Because a big, and, I mean, a big thing with uh, qualifying for a loan is DTI, which is your debt to income ratio. Exactly. Um, and since you don't have all that debt from student loans. Like you are, you look better to a lender. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what gave me that 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 opportunity. But in my process of that, the re, in the beginning, um, I couldn't qualify, but I was already in the I was already under contract with, and another realtor was helping me. Um, we stayed very good friends, and because I because I felt so bad that I wasted his time because I didn't qualify for, for a loan, mm-hmm. um, I offered to, to help him out in some way. Because I knew technology, I was able to help his business in, in, a, in a few ways with, with technology and systemizing some stuff. So we stayed friends. And as the months go on, I'm like, hey, can I drive you around? I would like to see if I want to become a realtor, too. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm working at General Motors full time. And then I told him, let me just drive you around over the weekends and see if that's something that I would like to do. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And for two weekends, I was driving him everywhere. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I was like, we're writing contracts in the car. We're submitting offers. We're getting offers accepted. This is awesome. I want to do this. Um, so I began getting my, so I began to study for my license and, um, and I was able to become a realtor and I was doing that part time. Okay. As that process was going on, I hear a podcast and it was about, it was a podcast about realtors and how to be a better realtor, how to increase your business and stuff like that. Do you know the name of the podcast? Uh, at that time it was Super Agents Live. Okay. And it was an interview with a guy named Pat Hyben. This guy, Pat Hyben, I found him on Twitter and I thanked him about it. So I'm 23 years old at this time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I just became a realtor. Mm -hmm. This was in like March, in like May 2013. And I, I followed him on Twitter. I thanked him there. 
And then he sends me a message back. Thank you, Diego. I also have my own podcast. Check it out. So I check out his podcast. It's called Real Estate Rockstars. And after each one, because he, he had just started it at that point, I thank them on Twitter, every single one. And he mentioned a mastermind group called Go Abundance in mm-hmm. that group. And he says that um, I send him a message. I'm like, hey, what's Go Abundance? I want to learn more about it. And he says it's a mastermind for millionaires, highly successful entrepreneurs that want to achieve epic lives. We talk about goal setting and accountability. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want in. Let's go. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But like, I said millionaires, right? Yeah. So I, but I didn't let that stop me. I went to the website and I submitted a form. Um, back then, my net worth was twenty five thousand, like thirty thousand, just to just to like p- put it into perspective when they mentioned millionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're twenty three at this point. And I'm twenty three years that's, old. That's I mean that's great for a twenty three year old. You know, like there's plenty of twenty three year olds that are you know either still in college or, or not in college and you know have no money to their name. Um, so I mean you I mean in a lot of people's opinion you know you're doing great, but you know. Just because you, the millionaire wasn't there, the couple extra zeros. Um, yeah. But you still, you know, pursued it and went forward. Exactly. And also to go back, I mean, um, that's the the benefit of reaching out to people. You know, forming relationships. You know, you did that with your real estate agent friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have become a realtor if you hadn't, you know, helped him out and reached out to him and asked. Yeah. You know, with a lot of things, so you provided value to him by, you know, helping him out with on the technology side for his business. Yeah. And then you asked, you know. You never know until you ask. And so you asked him, like, hey, can I ride around with you and just, just learn? Yeah. And then that led to you becoming a real estate agent. And then now you reached out to um, this guy via Twitter. And a lot of people are, are afraid to do that. They think that, you know, uh, they have their insecurities or they want to be or somewhat introverted. Yeah. Um, but you weren't afraid to ask, and all you did was ask, and now this led you to, to you know, at this point in the story. Exactly, exactly. And here's where it gets even better. So I submit. So I go to the website, gobundance.com, I submit a form, and then I get on a call with one of the guys. They call, like, the, the elders of the tribe, of the mastermind group. And I tell them, like, hey, I'm 23 years old. I just know that, like, I read all these books. By this point, I own two properties, and I'm like, I'm just getting started. Um, I believe in what Jim Rohn says, that you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with, so I'm always looking for my peer group to grow and to expand. Mm -hmm. And I tell him part of my story. I tell him I'm working as a software developer, but I'm a dreamer and this and that. They said, all right, Diego, let me see what I can do. Let me speak with the elders, um, and we'll be in touch. A week goes by, and then we get on another call, and he tells me, all right, Diego, I spoke with them. Um, this is what's going to happen. We are going to allow you to come to our event. It's going to be in Steamboat. It's going to be like two grand, and there's going to be 15 millionaires and you. Are you down? And I was like, <laughs> wow. yes, let's go. Yeah. Oh, um, so fast forward uh, to August 2014, I I go to Steamboat. I've never met any of these guys. I like I just paid. I bought for my flight and I put it all in credit cards. So I go there and all these guys. It's in a huge house, a huge mansion in Steamboat. And I meet these guys and I'm like, wow! Like these guys are very humble, even though they're millionaires and they're sharing their stories and how much they have in net worth, how they got into this event. And when they come to me, I'm like, my name is Diego, 23 years old. 
I am uh, my net worth is 25 grand, but I own two properties and I'm just <laughs> here to learn. And there were guys, one of the guys there, Osborne, he uh, he's back then he was worth 40 million, now he's worth 100 million. Oh wow. And he's been one of my main mentors and um, it's been it, it's been great. But at that event, they they tell me they hear more of my story. And after being with them for five days, they pull me out to the side and they tell me, Diego, we created GoBundance for millionaires, but we want to help you become an apprentice. We want to help you become a millionaire too, and mm-hmm. you'll be our first apprentice. Mm-hmm. We don't know where this is going, but if you're in, we're going to help you out. And I said, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so and so that same, that same event, I turned 24 years old at his house, and... Um, and I knew that at that point, my life was just going to change. Two weeks later, two weeks later, they invited me to, to run a Spartan race with them. And they said, Diego, we will, um, since I live in Austin, you, you can come on my plane and we'll be good. So two, so two weeks after that, I found myself in a, in a private plane mm-hmm. flying to Virginia to run the Spartan race with all of these other with all these other guys entrepreneurs yeah and my mind is blown I was like how the heck did this just happen wow right? yeah um, and but that tribe talks about accountability financial freedom health relationships and contribution so they're big on all of those areas so mm-hmm. it's becoming a millionaire in all areas of life not just business because you don't want to be that guy that's like 50 years old fat in bed but you have 20 millions and 20 million in the bank because it's not really worth it because you can't really enjoy it right yeah um so it's becoming a whole life millionaire in that sense and these guys also like i just took action on whatever they told me so if they told me diego go to tony robbins i went to tony robbins if they told me diego go to this go to this event i went to that event and then i took action and one of the main things for me, one of the obstacles too that I haven't even shared yet, was that I've been stuttering since I was like five years old. So from there, after I met them, I, I also got this like, this, um, like if you have told me, Diego, if you have told me like eight years ago, let's do a podcast, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I oh, was wow. a guy, I was a kid that skipped some classes or some periods in classes so that I didn't even read out loud because I couldn't. I would just stutter every few words. I couldn't pronounce the P's, the T's, or the S's. And I'll probably stutter maybe one or twice here in this podcast, but I've been able to manage it now and just with the tools that they gave me the confidence. I was lacking a lot of confidence and I had a lot of insecurities in myself and now I just don't care. So like if I stutter, I stutter. If I don't, I don't. But I've been able to put myself in situations where at this event, um, they also told me, Diego, when you come here, you'll have to um, you'll have to give like a five minute TED talk. And I'm like, crap, I started like crazy. Yeah, I can't like I've been the one that's that skips classes so that I couldn't have to speak to now going into a group of 15 millionaires all watching me sharing some things like what can I teach them right yeah so it was an incredible experience to go through that and after that event I just knew that I had to share my story more and more and they also gave me the tools I went to a couple of speaking events 
and I also gave me like it just gave me confidence and yeah. the belief that I should be able to share my story without being without having the fear of public speaking or having that limitation. Yeah, I'm glad you just said fear. I wanted to to touch on that because you know throughout your your childhood, whenever you know your stutter was worse or you know at its I guess it's worst. Um, fear was what was kind of holding you back. Mm-hmm. Um, you said as you gained confidence and as you stopped caring, your stutter got better. You it went away, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so gaining that confidence um, was was the key and overcoming that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a lot of people, I mean, I know that. I mean, I don't know a single person who isn't afraid of getting up in front of people and speaking. You know, and for someone who who has a stutter, um, that you know, and just increases the fear even more. And for yeah. you to overcome that is huge, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to point out one thing. I mean, this is incredible story. Like, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I'm just, like, hearing all these things you're talking about, and there's no, there's nothing that holds you back. Like, you just see a wall, and you run right through it. Yeah. And so I haven't heard, uh, you know, anything about fear until you talked about the stutter, but it seems like you have no fear. And I don't know where that comes from, if it comes from what you've seen uh, and the, the fact that you want to help your family and help yourself. But it's mm-hmm. just so impressive that you just keep going. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a lot of fear or do, are you uh, striving a- from the past? Like, <coughs> it, It's impressive, man. Yeah, so I have to say that, yes, it's there's always fear, but you ha- like I just have to have the courage to act in spite of fear. And knowing that between the people that I surround myself with and my family and my friends and my mentors, um, they have given, they've shown me a path, right? So now it's just me taking action. And I have to understand that life is a sprint, not a marathon. So I'm sorry, life is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. So I have to understand that everything is for the long, for, for the long haul, Mm -hmm. uh, which is something that a lot of people, um, that a lot of people don't have. It's like a mindset that they want everything now. Yep. Right. Which for me is like, okay, if I fail, what are the lessons that I can learn from this situation? Yep. And I failed a lot. And I've learned a lot. And I've tried, like, you know, like, there's been so many obstacles that I've had with even, like, trying to own properties in the beginning that I had to teach my friends how, like, to buy my second property. I had to trust them that I could, they had to trust in me that I could teach them how to buy properties and that I had to trust in them because I wasn't on the title of the property. I, I only own the LLC. Um, so it was like, it's that like, I just had to do what I had to do. And for me, it's like, if the door of opportunity is locked, I go through the window. Yeah. That's always been my mindset. I think you break through the door. Right? <laughs> I just go through the door. And um, and knowing that I have to focus on my vision, not on my current circumstances, yeah. because if not, I if not, I can like I have all the excuses to be a victim and I choose not to be a victim. I choose to live and come from empowerment yeah. mm-hmm. and having that mindset just gives me the opportunity. And also my when we moved to the States, my dad told me that. He said, Diego, this is the country of opportunity, but it's up to you to make that opportunity. So I've always had that in my mind that when an obstacle does happen, okay, what's next? There has to be another way. There has to be option B or plan B, plan C. And that has always been in the back of my mind. So it's like I, I just push through. 
And um, one of the things that I learned from Hal Elrod, he mentioned this quote that helped me to internalize how I lived is like, I have to be happy with the life that I have as I build the life of my dreams. Mm -hmm. So no matter what my circumstances are, I have to keep on having a positive mindset and be able to and be able to um, to continue pushing for 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 my goals. And thankfully, my peer group also holds me accountable mm-hmm. for that. And I've been able to go in from working in corporate America. They held me accountable to quitting corporate America and just go full out into real estate. But I use their experience as an example. And if it may have taken them 10 years, if I learn from their experience of my mentors, it might take me three or four years. Mm-hmm. So that's been the main focus and getting on that mentorship and that mastermind group is always challenges me challenges my thinking and helps me think bigger right. a larger scale because now i'm learning from guys that are doing it in a completely different level and uh, and that's been that's that's been great that's, that's been awesome great. it's amazing I, yeah this is a, a lot um, um yeah. i want to uh go back a little bit to when you said you had every excuse to be a victim you know and I see a lot of people, uh, particularly our age, um, you know, 20s, mm-hmm. early 30s, that um, their perspective is, you know, why me? Like, this, all, everything bad happens to me, um, and I have no chance, um, stuff like that. And But, you know, they can look at, at your story and say, you know, that Diego was way worse off than me. And he chose to look at it in a positive light, as an opportunity, as instead of an obstacle. Exactly. You and know? going from that mindset of going from why to why is this happening to me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> changing that and asking yourself why did this happening for me? Mm-hmm. This is nice. something that I learned from Tony Robbins. And when you have that perspective, then you begin to look at life in a different way. It's like that quote that's, that says, "When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." Mm-hmm. So it's like. Going from that perspective, that if I can look at and ask myself, why is this happening to me? I take the victim mentality and then I create excuses. Mm-hmm. But why is this happening for me creates a different vision. Yeah. Like, yeah. why can I not get student loans four years later? Because I can now buy a house, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. And it's just amazing. Like, everything you're saying from the bicycle to the LLC to getting on a plane, it's like that's just your common theme. It's a crazy, right? Yeah. It's and like the, I went from n- n- from just riding my bicycle to riding on a plane with millionaires. <laughs> it's yeah. insane, in man. And yeah. I think uh, what I really like is what you say, uh, that there. if you have this long-term mindset, there is no failure because whatever you do, you're learning and getting better. So there's no failure and, and there's no setbacks. You just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I mean, a trend that I'm seeing from your parents um, to when they came to America, to you throughout, you know, your whole story so far, is that you guys just worked hard. Yeah. Like your your mom, you know, when she first got to America, you said she was packing ice in the back of a convenience store, you know, and she wasn't too proud to to not do that, you know. Like mm-hmm. she just worked hard, and then you know, and your dad worked hard, you worked hard, and you know, maybe you know, you guys are are smart, but maybe you weren't, you know. A, a genius at the time or people wouldn't view you as a genius mm-hmm. um, and you didn't have the best oppor- opportunity um, and you just worked hard and you put in the work and you got to where you are now. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. And it's been, 
it's been a crazy ride and with the whole DACA thing that's going on like that's also taking its own um, its own path of me being able to share more of my story to and teaching other millennials also on how they can achieve financial freedom but in sharing when I share my story a lot of people tell me wow Diego like I'm an American citizen and I haven't been able to accomplish what you have because of all the excuses that I created yeah and now I can see that if you can do this as a DACA or as a dreamer or as an undocumented kid, yeah. um, anybody can do it. And I'm like, you can. You just have to yeah. take action on what you really want to do. There's so many things here in this country. I feel like, yeah, you, you just have to follow through. That's what I, that's what I, I want to do is when I hear someone making excuses or saying they can't do something is tell them to listen to your podcast or yeah. this podcast and say, hey, what's your excuse now? You can't have anything. Yeah. 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 And taking it as an opportunity, right? Um, last year, in 2017, Donald Trump decided to terminate DACA. And that's when, that was one of the first times that I went public that I had DACA. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, some some people knew about my story as an immigrant, but I never made it public. And when I did that, that post that Facebook post went viral because I also shared that as a dreamer a lot of people don't think that people that dreamers don't pay taxes mm-hmm. that's what a lot of Americans think mm-hmm. so I'm I gonna sh- pause you real quick yeah for the listeners um dreamer dreamer do you want to explain what that exactly that is yeah a dreamer is uh somebody that came to the United States with their parents they either overstayed a visa like my parents did or they came here through the border. But okay. we came from Peru, so we came in a plane. Uh, we did come in a visa, but we, we just overstayed. Um, so they a lot of people think that we don't pay taxes, but really we do. So I showed a picture that as a 26-year-old, I paid over $28,000 in taxes just from my income, not even from property taxes of the eight properties that I own and stuff like that. So I shared, I'm a dreamer, I have DACA, and... Jeff Sessions just said that the dreamers are taking away jobs from other Americans. And I shared how I, as a dreamer, never took anybody's job. I earned the job. And in America, we are in a marketplace of getting rewarded by the value that you put in. So I shared my story. I shared how by the age of 26, I had eight properties, all of that stuff. And that post went viral. And it got over, it got 950 shares, almost 1,000. Wow. And a bunch of comments, good comments and bad comments. Like I got the haters. Really? And yeah, a bunch of them. Because once something goes viral like that, you get the haters. At first it was a (laughs) lot of people that were supporting me, were like, wow, Diego, this is amazing. You pay more taxes than I do. And like, they're like 40 years old and all of that stuff. And... um, and so it was incredible to see that. And then I also got the, the haters, right, that were saying, Diego, uh, if you're so cool, I mean, if you're so, like, great, um, why didn't you apply for citizenship? But there's no path for the dreamers okay. at that point. Or, like, at any point, even now, there's no path. Yeah. Um, we are just allowed to work and drive with DACA. And um, so I shared that, and that got me that same weekend that the post went viral, that same week, uh, Fox News Austin reached out and they interviewed me, and wow. then uh, then my story has been featured on Forbes, CNN, Money, uh, Inc., a few other 
a few other ones in Telemundo, Univision, and all the Spanish channels too. Mm -hmm. And then it got me to fly to Washington, D.C. to meet with congressmen. Wow. And to participate <laughs> in a press conference. And it was, it was crazy. It's been an incredible ride sort of like to be one of the speakers for the dreamers because a lot of people think that we're just here leeching from the system. Sure. We're really like, I'm providing jobs to Americans because I also have, I have an office manager, I have an employee. Right. And plus we hire contractors and all this other stuff. So I, as a dreamer, I'm providing jobs, I'm paying taxes, I'm providing housing for other Americans. So it's like, yeah, it's like we are an asset to this country. Mm -hmm. And I believe that after being 18 years here or close to 19, I'm an American at heart. It's just that I don't have that paperwork yet. Right. So I've been able to use now, be able to share my story as much as I can to inspire people. And it has even taken me to Washington, D.C. So it's been it's been crazy participating in like in a press conference with two congressmen next to me sharing with them. Um, going from that kid who stuttered yeah. to speaking in to speaking at a press conference, right? But it's always been from uh, and from the perspective of being grateful for what I have mm. and what I've been able to learn from my mentors to now teaching other people. Yeah. And if I can change the life of like, I love it when I see a spark in people's mind when they change. Like, wow, I got it. Yeah. Like when I teach them about financial freedom or personal development. That's what fulfills me a lot more than just making money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a, a, a huge thing is that um, helping others, um, you know, giving is so rewarding, you know. Um, I mean, I know that you and um, Matt and I, you know, we don't give to get something back. Um, but that's just, you know, how it goes. When you do give, when you're, when you're helpful, when you want to see others succeed, somehow karma comes back around and you know it you end up getting you know benefited from it you know yeah. um whether it's directly or, or indirectly yeah um, exactly and now that's why like at my my journey with investing in real estate it all started for me with house hacking right buying a home um being able to live there for free and having enough income to continue putting in other investments and a lot of people don't know, but you can buy a property to house hack where you can live there with roommates or a multifamily once a year or every two years. Mm -hmm. So now I've been teaching people too. A couple of my friends have done it um, here here in Austin and also some friends in Florida. And uh, it's cool to see that now they do have their properties, but they still have their full-time job, but now they have passive income. And at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to teach other people how to build passive income. And that's why I've been able to create that house hacking course and, uh, and teaching how they can do it. Because if I can do it with all these obstacles, they can do it too. On the house hacking, um, are these people that are buying single family homes or duplexes? And can you tell us about the course a little bit? Yeah. So the house hacking, they're buying either single family homes and living with roommates for a couple of years. Uh, but, and for some people, it works great if they're young, like if they're in their 20s, if they're single. Um, it, it works great because sometimes it can be a sacrifice on their privacy. Yep. But heck, like if you do it for two or three years, it will push in the trajectory that few years later, you can be on a great financial freedom path. 
It's a sacrifice now for yeah, reward. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it works the same with, with a multifamily. If you want more privacy, you can get a duplex, triplex, or quadplex. And it's totally doable. I've helped a lot of people do it. And now, because I've had people ask me, hey, what can you teach me more about house hacking? Uh, I've launched a course to teach people how to do it from, from, the, from the first thing of how to create your team. And, well, the first step is to have the mindset. Right. I believe that you have to have the mindset for the long term right. um, and teaching them why that's important, then teaching them how to create their team of their lender, their realtor, um, to what is a good deal, how to buy the property, the buying process, qualify for the loans. And then the last module is on helping them create the passive income. So I give them all the tools on the leases, on how to, what questions to ask the potential roommates or the potential tenants, how to make it as easy as possible so that they can streamline the process. And in a matter of, I can get somebody to buy a home the first year, and then fast forward a few years later, they can own four or five homes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how, for the, our listeners, how can they get more info? On, yeah, they can go to househackingclub.com to get more information about that. And they can also check out the Facebook group that I have. Use House Hacking Club. I have, it's all free. I have like 300 people in there right now. Wow. And I just do live videos there and people ask questions. And, and it's great because I've helped, I've been able to meet people now that are finding that group organically. Mm-hmm. And they go there and they're like, hey, Diego, thank you so much. Like, I just bought my home uh, and they've been helping me. And like, it's been, it's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's, it's interesting how there's a lot of people too that don't act because of the, because of their peer group. Mm -hmm. And I've had conversations with some like Diego, I want to do what you're doing, but my parents are telling me no, or my coworkers think I'm crazy. And I'm like, that's why you have to do it. Because if not, you're going to have the same lifestyle as your coworkers do. You want to, you want to change that. Right. Uh, So it's been, it's always great to talk to the 20 or the 30 year old. Uh, and teach them this path. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think it is that people are telling them that that's crazy? Because it's not their norm. Yeah. Because it's not their standard. Yeah. And I feel like people need to raise their standard if they want to live a bigger life yeah. or to go outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, make more sacrifices like house hacking. Yeah, exactly. And for, for me, I feel like it's all about the standard that you have, right? So if you, in the conversations... So if you hang out with people that it's normal for them to go to happy hour five days a week after work and complain about their lives, then that's going to be your standard. Yeah. I, go to this stand, I go to this peer group that asks me, hey, Diego, how much did your passive income increase this year? Yeah. Right. So when they're asking you those questions, when you go back home, you're thinking, okay, what do I need to do to increase my passive income yeah. this year? And yeah. going to the bar is not going to help that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Unless you go there for networking with like-minded go. people. There you right? go. Um, but you always have to be able to grow and to have those challenging conversations because mm-hmm. the level of your conversations is going to be what's going to be determining the future of your life. Mm-hmm. And people's standards and their comfort zone, that goes back to fear. You know, that goes back to being afraid to step out of their comfort zone. Exactly. You know, because they've been doing, you know, whatever they've been doing for however long um, and doing something new, whether it's, you know, good or or bad you know they're like no you know i don't want to do it it's not i feel uncomfortable so i'm not going to take this risk Mm -hmm. um even if you know to others it might not even seem like a risk 
you know, real estate has, you know, been proven to be one of the most secure investments um, in history, Mm -hmm. um, if not the most secure. And some people still are like, that's too risky. I don't Uh want to do it. I'm scared, so I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And And when other people talk to them about it, they think, that's, you know, that's stupid, and they discourage other people from doing it. Exactly, and because they have their own perspective on looking at things, yep. and that's why they only know what they know, right? So you have to put yourself in a position of constant and never-ending improvement as, as, as you learn, and just be open to opportunities. Mm-hmm. And as what, what you were saying, a lot of people just like to do the easy things. There's a quote that my mentor, Rock Thomas, says, it's like, if you do what's easy, life will be difficult. If you do what's difficult, life will be easy. Mm-hmm. And it is at those times where you just have to ask yourself, okay, like, what am I going to do? What's my next step? What, maybe there's a sacrifice that I need to do this year so that I can accomplish my goals next year, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people are not willing to take those sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. They just, once they, let's say, once they get a great salary, as soon as they're out of college, they go and they live downtown. They buy the Camaro, the Corvette. And then now now they're stuck in the rat race because they now they're stuck in the spending part, in the consumer. Yeah. And they are not being, they're not going to be able to make those sacrifices in, for the long term. Right. Yeah. Real quick on the topic of fear. Um, I see fear for a lot of people coming from the unknown, mm-hmm. just not knowing. And in your case, it seems like your whole life has been an unknown. As far as you don't know if you're able to get your license or what you're going to do, and you just constantly took that step. Yeah. Have you felt like that? Like there's just been this big unknown of what's next, and you just keep going? There's a huge level of uncertainty in my life. That's for sure. And with Congress and DACA right now, for the past three months, there's been it's been a roller coaster. And if you look at, on Twitter with Donald Trump, one morning, literally one morning, he would say, we're working to help the dreamers. We're going to treat them with heart. And then at 3 p.m. that same day, he says, DACA is dead. The Democrats don't want anything. We're not going to help them. And you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like, you take, like, it's, it's like a roller coaster yeah. of, with everything that's going on with Congress, mm-hmm. with the Senate. Uh, but it is like, it's sort of like fear is always there. I just have to dance with it and mold it and, like, just... Just go, just, just go going. and go through life. Yeah. And the yeah. uncertainty, it that's the toughest part because I really don't know what is going to happen to me in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that that they're gonna go to court right now in Brownsville in in August, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna we're not gonna know what's gonna happen. They can either terminate a program. They can say whoever's who, like once the program, once your permit expires, then it's done. But I just have to put myself in a situation that I just have to treat it and just come from a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to put myself in a situation where I know what are the action steps that I can do mm-hmm. so that I can still live the life that I want to have. Yeah. Whether it is hiring a driver because then I won't have a driver's license. And for 40 days last year, in 2017, my permit expired. And yeah. I was in the process of renewing, but for some reason my papers always take longer than expected. So for 40 days, I couldn't drive. And if I got caught driving like by, like if I got in a car accident or something yeah. by somebody else that caused it, I could have been deported. 
mm-hmm. because that permit expired. Um, so fortunately, I had two other realtors that wanted to learn from me. So they were the ones that... <laughs> so you just used... So they drove you? So I, so I told them, like, hey, I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know <laughs> about real estate. Yeah. You're going to be in every conversation that I have. You're going you're gonna to listen to all, like, with clients. You're yeah. going to come and show homes with me. We're going to go to closings. You're going to be able to, like, hear the conversations that I have on the phone with other clients. You're going to watch me submit contracts, all of that stuff. And they were like, let's right. go. Like, they yeah. were super happy because... Now they're seeing what it's like in the life of a realtor for like eight hours or 10 hours, and they drove me everywhere. That's awesome. And um, what a life hack. Right? And also, and I mean, and I, in my opinion, it's way, that situation is way more beneficial to them. I pay, you know, five, 10 bucks in gas money to learn all that information, you know? Um, and that's also another good example of an obstacle. You know that you had in your in your path. You could have just said, "Oh well, for forty days, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. I'll just sit at home, sulk." But you said, "Let me use this as an opportunity. You know, I'm going to help benefit someone else, and also I'm going to be able to keep getting around, doing my job." Yeah, and I had I had my office manager driving me around. I had friends. I had uh, I had the the mentees. I was teaching and all that stuff. It was an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. and an inc- very humbling experience because like every day I would go to bed and be like hopefully tomorrow is not the day right hopefully tomorrow is not the day that like something bad happens uh-huh. and it was like that level of uncertainty or the fear that yeah. we were talking about is like it's always high it's always on on that high and those 40 days was like the worst for me because I didn't know what was going to happen the next day. Right. What's crazy is that during those 40 days, I made the most money that I had in one month. Wow. And it was also at that time that I also found out that no matter how much money I had, I could have made 100 grand and I still wouldn't, like that fear that you go to bed sleeping, I would have given up that $40,000 just to have my green card. Just yeah. to be allowed to be here so that I didn't have that fear. Yeah. So it's like, sure, the money was great, but it's not worth it by with, like having that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so always, like in the long term, that's why I always say always do things with integrity. Always do things because like being able to sleep at night is one of the best things that you can yeah, do. Yeah, 100%. Rather than just, sure, you can make money, but you don't know what's going to happen the next day. Yeah. So it was a, definitely a lesson. I mean, I, I have no complaints that it was the best month in my realtor life mm-hmm. no complaints there but it was when you dig deeper because I'm always about going more deep in like the internal side the mm-hmm. emotional side it was definitely intense yeah yeah so I can't imagine for the uh, real estate knowledge that you were helping people when they were driving around where did you actually learn about contracts and how to get deals done where did you get that skill set so that was through my mentor that was through through the guy that taught me a lot of the stuff in the beginning. Got it. And then Victor, who's who's the name of my mentor, um, when I was when I was about to quit corporate America, like the reason why I quit was because he and I partner up. And now we're business partners. So he's had twelve years of experience by that time, twenty fifteen, and I had two years or one yeah, about like two years um of doing it part-time so then what I did is like I brought the value of my time and my knowledge 
on how to systemize stuff. Yeah. And then what he brought in, he brought in his network and his experience. So it was like that. It was like the perfect partnership. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So cool. So I leveraged his experience and he leveraged my time. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 how it worked. And then as the months progressed, as we went a year, a year by, um, I began to look at our business. I was, and then I read the book, the the Imith. And that book talks a lot about systemizing your business. And if for anybody that's reading, that's listening to this podcast, that book was amazing. If you're a business owner or you're like a solo entrepreneur and you want to take it at least, be more efficient. Um, that book taught me how to systemize some of the work that I was doing. So what I did is I took all of the tasks that was in a transaction that I was doing in my computer. I filled my screen. And then I hired somebody in the Philippines for three bucks an hour to document and write a procedure manual. And then when I hired the office manager, then he just saw the procedure manual and all everything was there. He could watch the video or he would watch all of the steps. So it's like leveraging that. That's what gave me the, the opportunity to focus on dollar productive activities and having my office manager do all the paperwork. That's awesome. And so you're 27 years old. 27 years old. Wow. So um, I consider myself an entrepreneur at my core, and I've studied and read and and been grinding for a long time. And I got to tell you, like, your story is the most impressive entrepreneur (laughs) story I've ever heard. Thank you very much. Like, it is so inspiring, and it's going to be exciting to see what you accomplish in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we definitely want to stay in touch and... I think you're going to do some huge things. I can't wait to see. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah. it's been great. <laughs> um, so I know you mentioned earlier um, about your online course, uh, but for the listeners, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook, uh, Diego Corzo, or they can go to diegocorzo.com, okay. and they can see my website there. I'm working on the website right now, but I write some blog posts about, about that stuff there, or they can also go to the website freeby26.com, and that's where I share my journey about how I, how I was going on the path of becoming financially free before I turned 27. Awesome. Cool. Well. Yeah, thanks so thank much. Thank you so man. much for yeah, being on the like, yeah. I'm uh, inspired to give a take on the day. I <laughs> yeah. I can't have any excuses today. Yeah, yeah. me too. This was a very <laughs> selfish podcast. I really, really enjoyed this. Got a lot of it, thank so. you very much for this opportunity. And yeah, just you can, you guys who, who are here can also send me an email to info at diegocorso.com and I'll be there to answer any questions. Perfect. Awesome. And, and we can, I think, include some of the links. In yeah, the show we'll, notes. yeah, we'll put your information in the, in the show notes. So. Cool. Awesome. Thank you guys. Have a good day, baby. Thank you. I mean, wow, 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 wow. What an incredible story. Like I, I'm just blown away by all the struggles that Diego went through in his life and everything that he had overcome. And, um, it really puts things in perspective in my own life. And, um, you know, I really hope that this was able to, um, inspire you guys and and motivate y'all. And like we said, we put all of Diego's information down below. So, um, if you want to reach out to him or just tell him a, a good thank you or tell him hello, um, all of his information is in the show notes below. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, be on the lookout for another episode of the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. Mm-hmm.